Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome, everybody, to an all-new episode of Believe in Orlando Magic from the Believe Podcast Network. I'm your host, Mike Fazzino, talking all things NBA basketball and, most importantly, talking all things Orlando Magic. Today is Friday, August 7th, and the Magic have a big game today at 6.30 against the Philadelphia 76ers. Before we get into that, we need to talk about the devastating injury that the Magic got in a game against the Indiana Pacers. Jonathan Isaac going down with a torn ACL, injuring the same knee that he hurt back in January, obviously out for the remainder of this season, and he'll probably be out all of next season. So we need to dive into the impact of this. First of all, the Magic were 2-0 in the bubble before this injury, having two huge wins against the Nets and the Sacramento Kings. Dating back to before the pandemic, the Magic were on a five-game winning streak, 2-0 in the bubble, and had the highest offensive rating in the NBA. Just pure dominance from the Magic on the offensive side of the ball, which to me was a little bit surprising, but we really saw the chemistry and the meshing of this team coming together here in the bubble. They secured the seventh seed in the Eastern Conference, looked primed to make some sort of run, um, possibly even upsetting the two-seeded Raptors if things stayed the way they were. And that's not an exaggeration. The Magic were the best offense in basketball. And just looking at their point totals, total point totals, before and after the injuries to both Jonathan Isaac, who we're talking about right now, and Aaron Gordon, who we'll get into in a bit. But first game against the Brooklyn Nets, 128 points. Second game against the Kings, 132 points. Now look at the two games, their last two games, which they lost. Against the Indiana Pacers, they lost 120-109. to And against the Raptors, not even being able to put up 100 points, scoring 99 points in a 109-99 to loss on Wednesday against Toronto. Let's talk the Jonathan Isaac injury. Both sides of the ball, it's devastating. He obviously is a fantastic defensive player. But looking at what he's done on offense, the first game against the Brooklyn Nets, Limited minutes, playing just 16 minutes, but in those 16 minutes, 16 points, 6 rebounds, obviously on the offensive side of the ball, 16 points, he's been coming into his own on offense. Second game, not really so much on the offensive side of the ball, 4 points in 15 minutes, but that first game against the Brooklyn Nets, I think, really showed a lot of potential of the type of offensive player that he can be. And then, obviously, not playing in the Pacers game, not playing in the Raptors game, which were both losses, just... Really, really heartbreaking loss for the Magic. So short-term impact for how this will affect the Magic in the bubble. We'll talk about total how their injuries affect them with the Aaron Gordon injury in a minute. But just focusing on Jonathan Isaac right now. The Magic lose their best defender, and they lose a huge part of their team. Isaac was the guy who 
we didn't really see it in the bubble going up against teams like you know the the Nets and the Kings. But back before his injury, he was the guy that you threw on the other team's best player and fully expected him to shut them down. He is that good of a defensive player. He has legitimate defensive player of the year potential. The Magic clearly lose their best defender now. And although in the first two games of the bubble he was inconsistent in terms of the regular season, not counting the scrimmages, we saw some offensive potential there from Jonathan Isaac. And, you know, if the Magic were coming into the playoffs as a seventh seed against the Toronto Raptors, there was a real shot that he could have been an offensive X factor for a team that was already ranked as the NBA's number one offense since back, you know, a month or two before the pandemic started. So, obviously, a really devastating blow short term for the Magic. But let's look at long term and how this affects the Magic next season. Next season, they're probably not going to have Jonathan Isaac, and the Magic once again fall into the limbo where they're, you know, somewhere between the 6th and the 10th seed in the Eastern Conference, where they're not good enough to make a run or, you know, advance far enough in the playoffs, but they're not bad enough to secure, like, a top, I guess, 5, 6, 7, 8, a top 10 pick in the draft. So, they're not really that bad either, so... Now you go into next season where, what do you do? Do you tank a little bit, not having one of your best young players and try to secure a great draft pick in the 2021 draft? Or do you kind of fight for a playoff spot, but then only come out as the seventh or the eighth seed again? So it's really hard with the Magic or to determine what the Magic are going to do next season. But either way, his injury sets them back so far going into next season because coming in as the NBA's number one ranked offense throughout 2020 for the most part, going into next season, there's a lot of momentum that builds up going into next season. There's a lot of hope for the Magic to get higher than the eighth or the seventh seed and maybe get a top four or five seed in the conference. And, you know, they had the potential to be such a huge magnet for free agents. Um, Maybe not necessarily veteran players, but kind of younger, good guys on the market looking at the Magic and saying, okay, this is a team who is the 7th and 8th seed, but they're really, really great, and they were really building on something last season during the during the NBA bubble season. So to a young player, that's attractive because you want to go play there, and you want to have an impact, and you want to be a part of that. And, you know, the, before this injury, you could have legitimately had players who said, hey, I want to go play for the Magic. Like, they're building something there. But now... The future is so uncertain because there's Aaron Gordon trade rumors, which I'm going to get into at the end of the episode. And most importantly, one of their best young stars isn't there next season. So is the incentive really there for free agents to sign with the Magic now because of this injury? I don't know. We'll dive into that after the NBA bubble and after the Magic season ends. But right now, that is just, it's a huge loss. We'll talk long-term effects after the season ends, but short-term right now, huge blow for the Magic. It could legitimately have an impact on how far they advance in the playoffs because before these injuries, you know, they were one of the best teams in the bubble and had a shot to at least take whoever the two seed is, probably Toronto, to, you know, six, maybe seven games. But, you know, now you lose two of your better players. The future, the future of the magic right now and the bubble looks bleak and i'm going to dive into the aaron gordon injury now even more so 
I think, devastating them, the Jonathan Isaac injury, regardless of how long it will be. So Aaron Gordon was ruled out for today's game against the 76ers due to a strained hamstring, which he injured in the last game. I think this is arguably short-term more of a crushing blow for the Magic. Jonathan Isaac has been the Magic's best defender, and he's been a little inconsistent on offense, but he had the potential to be the X-factor. The difference with Aaron Gordon is that right now, he is the Magic's second best player behind Vooch. And the injury is really devastating because he's not a, a defender at the level of Jonathan Isaac, but Aaron Gordon is still a really solid defender, and he's such a huge part of their offensive system. I mean, the game against the Sacramento Kings, a win against Sacramento, played just 24 minutes, 22 points, 5 rebounds, 3 assists. Looking at um, the Indiana Pacers game, 20 points, 7 rebounds. He's been a really great offensive player for them. So the Jonathan Isaac injury has a huge impact on the defensive side of the ball, has a huge impact on the chemistry, and they lose someone who is a good offensive player for them. Inconsistent, but good. If Aaron Gordon stays out or remains out for more than just the 76ers game, then I think that the Magic could once again take a big hit in the standings. And maybe not the standings, depending on how Brooklyn does, but their chances of sneaking sneaking an upset in the first round definitely decrease because he's really their second best player, their, their second best scorer. Um, it's the Aaron Gordon injury is a huge blow. It's really unclear as to how long he's going to be out. It's a strained hamstring, so hopefully it won't be more than a game or two. But I mean, this is really tough times to be missing games right now with only including today, I believe only four games left in the bubble for the magic, at least. Yeah. The remaining schedules, the Sixers, the Celtics, the Nets and the Pelicans. So they're halfway through right now. And they kind of have a firm hold on the seventh seed because of how the Nets have been. And they obviously just lost Jamal Crawford, another injury. So the Magic might have a secure holding on the seventh seed, but this was a team that was coming into the bubble that I think, not being biased, people legitimately thought would have at least a chance at sneaking an upset in the first round. You lose Jonathan Isaac, that hurts you a little bit, but losing Aaron Gordon, I mean, your second highest scorer, Overall, your second best player on the team. It's a, it's a huge loss. I, I I don't really expect the Magic to do anything in the playoffs if Aaron Gordon remains out. But we will see what happens with Aaron Gordon. Definitely after today's game against the 76ers. Questionable for Sunday's game against the Celtics and obviously the games beyond. So it'll be really interesting to see how the Magic bounce back from this. There are some bright spots in this though. I am excited for... A couple of players. So these are this is my list of guys to watch now that two of the Magic's forwards are out, losing Jonathan Isaac, losing Aaron Gordon. There are some forwards that I think can really step up for the team. Um, most notably for me is Gary Clark. So Gary Clark hasn't really seen much minutes throughout the course of the season, but played solid minutes, played a solid game against the Toronto Raptors. 10 points, 5 rebounds in 15 minutes. I think he's a guy who could potentially get more minutes for Orlando, and it's going to be really interesting to see what they do in the Sixers game in particular, because the Sixers are a big team. You could kind of mix and match your lineup against Boston, Brooklyn, and even New Orleans a little bit, but the Sixers are known as this big team, and Ben Simmons is questionable too, but assuming that they're healthy, 
the Sixers are a big team, so you can't really run a small ball lineup with Vooch at the five and then, I don't know, uh, Wes Awundu or James Ennis at the four. Like, you kind of have to bulk up your starting lineup against them a little bit. So do you start Ken Burtz? Do you start Gary Clark? I don't know if you start Gary Clark, but keep an eye on Gary Clark. He's a player that I have on my radar. I'm a huge DraftKings guy. I have him already booked in my lineup today for DraftKings. I believe he was just like 3,000 on DraftKings. So he's he's a pretty solid and safe option, I think, considering he went 10-5 and five in just 15 minutes. I think he's going to play more minutes tonight against Philly. So Gary Clark is definitely a guy to watch for just a solid, I don't think he's going to do like 20-10, and 10, but look for that type of performance he had against Toronto, like a 10-5, and 12-7, and 7, just a really solid performance. Another guy that I want to watch is James Ennis because he has been just a really effective, good player for the Magic. He... 8.6 rebounds. He had 8.6 rebounds against the Raptors in 28 minutes. Solid, not great. Looking at him against the Pacers game, 12 points, 4 rebounds in 27 minutes. So he's he's not going to get you 20 points, but he's just a really reliable player, and he's someone I'm keeping an eye on to potentially fill the void. One other player who I'm looking at is Wessa Wandu. He's a solid shooter. He His minutes have been kind of inconsistent and sparse throughout the season. Look for him to get more minutes now that the Magic are just suffering blows to the forward spot with Jonathan Isaac and Aaron Gordon out. Obviously, the obvious minutes increase you're going to see are guys like Michael Carter-Williams. Um, obviously, Terrence Ross is going to have a huge minutes boost, but those are the two obvious ones who I think, as Magic fans, we should have on our radar to have big performances. But Kind of smaller scale, excuse me, smaller scale guys that might go under the radar. Look at a James Clark, James Ennis, even Wessa Wundu to get more minutes and possibly have a positive impact on the game. So looking at where the Magic sit right now, and let's look at the outlook on what's left for them. So currently two and two on the bubble, two and zero before this injury started happening. Nothing new for Orlando. They're an injury riddled team. I said in the first episode, go back and listen to it. I talked about how I legitimately thought the Magic could go either 6-2 and two or 5-3 and three in the bubble if they remained healthy. I don't know how that's looking now. I, I kind of have a bleak outlook now. I don't feel good about Aaron Gordon coming back Sunday against Boston. I think they might keep him out for the remainder of these four games just because I think they're confident that they could hold on to the seventh seed. And, you know, even if he comes back with like one game left in the regular season. I think they're going to be patient with Aaron Gordon because they, they're kind of secure in the seventh seed. They don't want to rush him back. But two huge convincing wins against the Kings and the Nets the first two games. But, I mean, you look at the Pacers game. First of all, TJ Warren has just been on another... He, the dude's been on another level. He put up 32 points against the Magic. I, I think he's averaging like... 39 or 38 points a game in the bubble. He has just been ridiculous. I couldn't mention the Pacers game without mentioning TJ Warren because he's been like one of the top three or four players in the bubble. He has been incredible and he just lit up Orlando in this game. It was a close game, the 120 to 109, 11 point loss. Obviously, the big story of that game was not having Jonathan Isaac, but what oh my god I can't I literally can't look at the Pacers team right now I have the box score in front of me I can't look at them without looking at TJ Warren and how just fantastic he's been but there were there was that loss there was a loss against Toronto where the Magic only put up 99 points 
it makes me nervous for potentially facing them in a playoff series because in watching the whole game, you see that Orlando wasn't really playing bad per se. I mean, Aaron Gordon kind of had a rough game. Vooch didn't do his best, but it just goes to show you how great of a defensive team Toronto really is. And they're a team that's been making a lot of buzz about potentially, you know, upsetting teams later in the playoffs, like upsetting if they were to play like the Celtics or Milwaukee, let's say. They're they're that good. And I I was having a conversation with someone this week about Toronto and we were talking on TikTok. Shameless plug, I'm sorry, follow me on TikTok at the Faz. I do all NBA content, NBA talk. I've kind of shifted my page to being all NBA focused, so please give me a follow there. But I was talking with someone about Toronto, and we were talking about what team would match up best against Milwaukee. I said Miami, but he made a really convincing argument for Toronto, and it was before this game. And in watching this game, you really saw how Toronto could just throw 20 different defenses at you for any different lineup that you go against them with, and they will dominate you. And this game was a perfect example at it. The Magic were just throwing every different lineup and every different offensive scheme at Toronto, but... They are so good defensively that they just always had an answer. I think Nick Nurse should be coach of the year. I mean, they're not they're, – they're virtually the same team that they were last season just without Kawhi Leonard. And that isn't a testament to the talent on the roster as much as it's a testament to the coaching. And I think Nick Nurse is a phenomenal, phenomenal coach. You saw it in this game, a really great defensive coach. But anyway – it makes me nervous for a first-round series against Toronto, potentially. But let's look at the remaining games that the Magic have. So, I predicted that they would lose these two games against the Sixers and the Celtics, their next two upcoming games. I don't think that changes. I think um, the Jonathan Isaac injury it has a huge impact on the outcome of both of these games. But I don't think Aaron Gordon is going to play either of, the, uh, excuse me, either of these two games either. So count those both as losses for the Magic. So that would put the Magic at 2-4. and four. Going into a game against the Nets on Tuesday, whether or not Aaron Gordon returns, I'm giving the Magic a win. I, I think the Nets are just a dumpster fire right now with all the injuries that they have, all the um, missing players they have. The Nets aren't doing anything. Give the Magic a win there. The most interesting game to me is a game against the Pelicans. And I said in the first episode that I really thought the Pelicans were a team that was kind of on the same level as Orlando in terms of exciting young talent, looking to um, sneak their way into a good playoff, seeing that they could potentially take a game to six or seven games, excuse me, take a series to six or seven games in the first round. I don't know how I feel about this game, to be honest with you. I think it all depends on if Aaron Gordon plays. Obviously, the loss of Jonathan Isaac really could hinder the outcome of this game because that's a body that you lose throwing at a guy like Brandon Ingram who's probably going to win most improved player. He's been phenomenal. But if Aaron Gordon plays, I think it'll be close. I think the Magic have a chance to win. But without Aaron Gordon, you know, I think the Magic's final record could be 3-5 and five here in the bubble. But I, that might be enough to still hold on to the 7th seed. I don't know. I have a really bleak outlook without Aaron Gordon. I was cautiously optimistic without Jonathan Isaac playing. Um, but, you know, I think Aaron Gordon is such a huge loss. But speaking of Aaron Gordon, let's talk about the trade rumors going on about him as the final segment of this episode here. 
Aaron Gordon potentially on the move in the offseason. So all season long, there have been trade rumors surrounding Aaron Gordon. And throughout the course of the season, I saw him linked primarily to three teams. And the third team was the Celtics. It was just a team that, you know, tossed around here and there. It wasn't really, excuse me, considered a viable option. But the two main teams he was considered for was the Nets and the Warriors. And I think there's a legitimate chance that if the Magic want to move him, he could end up on either of those teams. So let's talk about this first. Should the Magic trade Aaron Gordon? I think for Aaron Gordon to be the best version of himself, he can't be in Orlando. I think that he's a huge part of this team. He's a huge part of the culture, a huge part of obviously just the city in general. I mean, the, the you know, I think the most notable thing of his career in Orlando was the two dunk contests, but I think that really put the magic on the map and, you know, he's been so great for the team, but I just think that he's kind of limited in Orlando because of the team around him. So his play style, I just feel like doesn't fit with what the magic have. Like you can't, put Aaron Gordon in a lineup at the four spot with Vooch at the five and then Jonathan Isaac at the three. Like He's not good enough of a perimeter shooter to fit, you know, spacing-wise alongside those two. And then you look at that and it's like, well, you definitely can't... I hate Vucevic. I said this last episode. Can't stand him. Get him off the team. But it doesn't look like he's going anywhere. So you can't bench Vucevic, obviously, because I hate to say it, but he's their best player. But then, you know... If Jonathan Isaac stayed healthy, you can't really bench Jonathan Isaac either. So before the Jonathan Isaac injury, a trade kind of made sense because it was like, well, you can't start all three of them, but you know, going into next season, you can't bench one of them either. Now with Jonathan, excuse me, with Jonathan Isaac out, do you hold on to Aaron Gordon and you know, kind of see what he does without the clunky, awkward spacing on the team? I don't know. I don't know, but I think in the long haul. Aaron Gordon needs to get moved from the Magic or the Magic need to seriously adjust their system to fit him because since he got drafted back in 20... Was it 2014? 2013? That's embarrassing. 2014. It was the 2014 draft. When Aaron Gordon got drafted, since the moment he stepped foot on the court, it was an awkward fit. The Magic haven't figured out how to use Aaron Gordon yet and... You know, they're just, they've just put him in awkward situations. They tried to make him a small four. That didn't work out. They've tried to make him into a post player. He hasn't really been that either. He's kind of like that Blake Griffin player where you just need to take the leash off him a little bit and just let him do his thing. And the, the Magic have been kind of inconsistent with letting him do that. So I think for him to grow and be a great player, I think he needs to go to a different team. Looking at both of the options for where he could play on, I think Brooklyn would be a really good fit for him. I think they could find a better fit if they could go out and get like Bradley Beal. I don't know how possible that is, but I think Aaron Gordon would be a really great fit there on both sides of the ball. He immediately steps in and is your third or fourth option, which I think is really what he's meant to be. I don't think he's going to be your number one, definitely not your number one guy. He's not going to be your number two guy on a championship team, but sitting behind on the scoring chart, behind Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, 
maybe behind Spencer Didwitty, but they'll probably interchange between the third and fourth option if he went to Brooklyn. But I think that's a team that really fits for him. He's a really great two-way player. I think he could defend the post really well. He's a solid perimeter defender. I think he would be a great fit in Brooklyn. But the team I think he would really fit in is Golden State. And I say Golden State because the Warriors could potentially go back to that kind of small ball five with I'm envisioning a lineup of and this you know I don't know who they would trade for Aaron Gordon I I would really hope not Andrew Wiggins I actually no I don't no I don't want Andrew Wiggins a player like him I think would fit kind of well in the magic like a nice scoring wing but oh god I can't do I, I I don't like Andrew Wiggins but you know whether or not whoever it is the lineup would be Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Wiggins, Gordon, and then Draymond Green at the five. And I think Aaron Gordon going on to that team as let's let's just say the trade is Andrew Wiggins for Aaron Gordon. I think Gordon would make a fantastic third option for the Warriors. And even if it's not Andrew Wiggins, I still think Gordon would be a really good third or fourth option for the Warriors. And I think that they their style of play would kind of mold to Gordon a little bit better where they could just kind of let him go and do his thing. Um, his assist total would definitely rack up, and I think the spacing is the most important thing, whereas in Orlando, the spacing is kind of chunky and awkward with Isaac, who's still a developing shooter, and Vucevic, who's a post player, and you just kind of throw Aaron Gordon, who can kind of shoot in the middle of that. Golden State, it's all open court in Golden State, so... You know, typically when you watch a Golden State game, it's like three or four of their guys are on the perimeter. And, you know, there's one guy kind of roaming the middle of the floor. So Aaron Gordon would kind of be that guy. And I just think he would be such a phenomenal athletic fit, excuse me, athletic fit there. I mean, look what they've done with Andrew Wiggins. He's been inconsistent, but he has improved since he went to Golden State. I think their system with Steve Kerr can legitimately take any player in the league, mold to them. And just let them be the best versions of themselves. I mean, this is kind of a large-scale example, but they took Kevin Durant and made Kevin Durant the best version of himself. And that was a hard thing to do with a team that already had two offensive superstars. So I think Golden State could be a legitimate fit for Aaron Gordon. But I think either way, Brooklyn, Golden State, both really great fits for Gordon. But let's look at it from the Magic standpoint. I think if Jonathan Isaac didn't get injured... There was a real shot Aaron Gordon would have gotten traded. I mean, you know, his salary's inching closer to $20 million a year. He's kind of an awkward fit for your team. If you move Aaron Gordon, then you could just kind of fully embrace Jonathan Isaac as your stretch four. Um, and God, as much as I hate Nikola Vucevic, I think that's a lineup that works. I think a front court of Vuce and Isaac really works. Um, it gives you the opportunity, the opportunity to go out there and really finally find that small four that the Magic have really never had. Even, you know, dating back to the the ending years of the Dwight Howard era where it was just kind of inconsistent with, you know, Hato Turkoglu and Vince Carter and just kind of rotating out older guys like that. And then it was Tobias Harris for a year or two and then he left. And it's just been an inconsistent mess at the small forward spot. So... The benefit to trading Aaron Gordon would be because I don't think Jonathan Isaac's a small forward. I think he's a power forward. I think that's just where he fits better on the court in terms of spacing. So I think if you can make that move and fully embrace that Jonathan Isaac is your power forward and then just 
look to locking down a young, talented, small forward. I think a guy that would fit perfectly is Dylan Brooks. I don't think he's possible to get, but just get a really nice 3 and D player like that who could get you 14, 15 points a game. You know, we'll see what happens, but I think moving Aaron Gordon from that regard makes sense, but now you don't have Jonathan Isaac next season, so now what do you do? I think going into next season, as much as the trade rumors have been running rampant, I think you have to hold on to Aaron Gordon going into next season without Jonathan Isaac on the team because, first of all, you don't know what Jonathan Isaac's going to be when he comes back. He could be a shell of himself. I think that ACL injuries aren't as serious as they used to be, like back when Derek Rose tore his ACL, but... You know, you still there's still no guarantee a player comes back to what they were. But besides that, without Jonathan Isaac, without the worry of a fit of Aaron Gordon and Jonathan Isaac, why trade him? So there's a lot of question marks with what the Magic are going to do with Aaron Gordon. I personally think now that it's all but likely Jonathan Isaac is out for next season, they hold on to him. But don't be surprised if you see once the offseason comes around, trade rumors really ramp up, especially with the Brooklyn Nets and the Golden State Warriors. That's going to wrap it up here for this week's episode of Believe in Orlando Magic from the Believe Podcast Network, available on all major streaming platforms. Please check out my episode last week where we did a whole introductory episode, talked about my journey as a Magic fan, talked about what I think the NBA bubble is going to look like for Orlando. Um... Yeah, and that's it for this week's episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. We are going to be doing episodes every Thursday. That is the day that is set in stone. Every Thursday afternoon, episodes will be coming out. This week was late because I haven't had power due to the hurricane, but make sure you check out Believe in Orlando Magic next Thursday, available on all major streaming platforms. Thank you so much and enjoy. Also, last but not least, let's go Magic. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.